Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I am sitting down with Heather from Thrifted Home Co. And guys, I am so excited for this conversation. I mean, really goes without saying. Um, Heather is selling vintage home decor, and she's doing it on whatnot. And her Instagram page is like the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. She creates like the best content. So I can't wait for you guys to get to know her and just dive into how she does this and all that fun stuff. So we will see you at the table. Hi, Heather. Welcome to Thrifters Villa. Hello. This is my first podcast. I didn't tell you that. I love that. Yeah. It's, I was like, I'm on a podcast. I'm totally famous. <laughs> well, listen, if you look at your follower count, you're already famous. So. <laughs> I don't know. People tell me that. And I'm like, I, what now? Yeah, like, you're almost at a hundred K. Our little, our little blip of our community. is just so small compared to like, you know, I I, know, but, but I'm thankful for every single person that is following me and on this journey with me. So, well, you create amazing content. So I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> of course. So before we get into all the lovely things of vintage and home decor and all of that, um, let's learn a little bit more about you because I'm coming in this fresh as well. I, I yeah. don't know you that well yeah. so besides what I see on Instagram. So share with us who you are, how you got started into reselling, and then we'll kind of take it from there. Yeah, I kind of love that because it's, I mean, like you said, you don't know me. It's like yeah. when you, if you... Anyways, I'm, I get into rabbit holes. So okay, that's okay. So... We like rabbit holes here and we digress a lot. <laughs> okay. There will be a lot of digressing. Yes. Um, so um, my name's Heather and my company is Thrifted Home LLC. And I sell on whatnot in Instagram. And I started out on Instagram to make some money for my family. Um, right when COVID hit, mm. I was not able to do a lot of thrifting, but thrifting is you know, in my background, very, very hard. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's something that I've always done with friends, um, even in high school, when it wasn't cool. When if you went to the Goodwill, you were probably trailer trash, they would say right. you were trailer trash right. if you went to the Goodwill, but we loved going to Goodwill. And I loved finding things there. And I didn't really look for decorations, because I was a teenager, I was looking for clothes. Um, so I found the coolest clothes there and my mom did a lot of shopping at secondhand stores because I didn't grow up in, um, a high income household. So it was, you know, a way for my family to save money as well. Um, so when I started having my own kids, of course, I started going to all the secondhand stores and just kind of went with what was already in me. And that's buying secondhand. Um, it just felt like it just was normal to me. I didn't, you know, I occasionally buy things new for my kids, but mostly it's secondhand. And that comes down, that's even their toys too. Right. Um, so when the, when the pandemic started, I knew I needed to make some money. I was terrified that we wouldn't have money and that we wouldn't have food for my kids. And um, I have a background in photography and videography. So I went ahead and just started an Instagram page to try and resell. And I was inspired by a lot of the resellers that were already on Instagram selling. And I thought I can do this. So I started selling items and one of my friends came in town and, and she's really tech savvy. Her name's Carla. I love her to death. And she's like, oh, let's make a reel. And I'm like, what the heck is that? What's a reel? What are, you know, <laughs> and she taught me how to make a reel, like right there on the fly. And we did our first reel and just this random reel we, we did together got like 7,000 something views. And I was like, oh. I'm a superstar. Do you want my autograph? <laughs> I was like addicted. I was like, this was fun. So I started making my own content for my own like thrifting page. And I think that my background in photography and videography has really helped me because I know, you know, really how to place items yeah. and how to make them shine. So, um, I started doing that and, um, everything was going fine. And one day I went to an estate sale and I asked the estate sale host if I could record some items in their sale. And he was like, yeah, sure. Well, I did that. And I created this very beautiful reel of the estate sale and the insides, the contents, and it blew up. And I think it's because nobody had done it before. If they, if they had done it before, I have never seen it. So 
it was showing people something that they really hadn't seen before. And it just kind of, I, it just went from there. And I started doing estate sale reels and going into estate state sales, showing behind the scenes and just bringing people along with me into a place that they haven't been before. Uh, I think estate sales were pretty intimidating for a lot of people, especially, especially the younger generation, because it, it's um, very much associated with death and it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people, even though that's not the case 99% of the time. It's, you know, a lot of the time it's, you know, um, bankruptcy, divorce, moving, downsizing, um, things like that. So I, I feel like I, I, in a way made it so they got a little more comfortable with it. And so many people were messaging me saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to my first estate sale. I'm going to do it. Oh, I went to my first estate sale. Thanks to you. And I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was so excited because I was really worried that the younger generation that being, you know, millennials and younger weren't going to these estate sales and, and didn't, and just didn't know what they were missing. Um, so, you know, a lot of people I think saw it in a really positive light and, I was able to partner with estatesales.net and ever since then, it's just been kind of like a, a wild ride. And I've been able to partner with a lot of larger brands, um, bring awareness to, you know, secondhand shopping and estate sales. And it's been a true privilege because um, like I said, I was worried. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that it's going to be, you know, all this stuff that is being left behind to us. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking it's going to go in a trash can. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so true. That's and so here I am with you on a podcast, <laughs> right? And you're saying you're not famous. The people are reaching companies are reaching out to you. Like you have an influence. That's amazing. I know. I was like, my friend, when I hit 20,000 was like, okay, well you're an influencer now. I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, yeah, you are. I'm like, no, no you I'm are. Not. And then I hit, hit 50,000. She's like, Heather, you're an influencer. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but to this day, I'm like, I'm not an influencer. <laughs> but you are. I am. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're going to get even more followers. <laughs> um, your background in photography and videography makes sense because your content emulates that. And I think that's, and it, it also draws people in. I think there's like reels are fun. You can make reels fun and they can be funny oh, yeah. and all of that. But when you put that other element of photography and videography into it it really hooks people in it's almost like they're watching a mini series and yeah. people really enjoy that and you do a really good job with that even the way you place Thank the you. font on the cover images and stuff like that is so important and it's like those little micro details that people forget yeah. about micro mm -hmm. details are so important to get people's attention especially if you're doing video content um, yeah and a lot of people don't realize that either no. they're, you're just slapping it together I'm like oh there's so many things that you need to know <laughs> yeah it's true and it's hard because it's ever evolving and the platforms mm -hmm. are ever evolving with things but you've found a way to reach this audience and and gain not only popularity but you're spreading knowledge to individuals yeah that's no idea not necessarily resellers totally. either yeah to people that don't know anything about thrifting is who I'm trying to reach. I'm not trying to get to people that are already thrifters or already having Instagram accounts as resellers. I'm trying to reach people that are customers, future customers, future vintage lovers, future thrifters, or are just starting to dabble into it and are, are really becoming immersed in our world. Um, that's who I'm trying to, to reach. And I've said that since day one, like, you know, I, I love that I have a community and that I've been able to connect with other um, resellers and thrifters and people in our world um, like you. Uh, but for the most part, my goal has always been, like I said, to get that younger generation and move them towards thrifting. And I obviously did not do that single handedly. I, I don't I'd like to think that I had a little piece of it, but this this whole world, like the thrifting and reselling world and the vintage world has completely exploded in the last yeah. year it started really pumping up um I, I think last January I remember thinking like whoa <laughs> yeah this is crazy like everybody's and then now I go to thrift stores and it's just young people everywhere thrifting I go to estate sales I see young people and I'm like yay <laughs> and I know a lot of other people that are watching this are gonna be like no like they don't want the competition but hello, we got to leave this stuff behind to somebody who else, we have to make them love it too. It's our responsibility to get them to fall in love with vintage and antiques and thrifting and secondhand so that we can make the whole world a better place. Because when, you know, when they're into it, it's just, it's a domino effect and it's going to go to the generation after them as well. So that's such a great way 
to think about it because it's so easy as a reseller, whether you're in home goods or you're in clothing, to instantly be annoyed with the younger people that are in there because yeah. we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you've been guilty of it where it's like, get out of here. You're touching all the things that I need. You don't even know what you're looking at. Like, move, right? Yeah, but yeah. And there's like this beauty of it where it's like, okay, they actually understand it. Like, my I'm a millennial. I was born 87. My generation didn't get it up until now. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like there's there's Absolutely. something so beautiful about them understanding it at such a young age, because to us, it was going to the mall and going to outlets. And like, that was the cool thing. It was having the new coach bag or, or oh, yeah. whatever it was. Right. We did not shop secondhand. When no. we, I, was from, I was born in 86. So we're right yeah. in the same, you know, when I was in, in high school and middle school, it, you would be embarrassed if you, if somebody knew you were at Goodwill. <laughs> yes. You never, I, and I can, I can honestly say this was, I did not come from money. My parents were immigrants, but to them, it was very important to buy everything new because mm -hmm. they were to this, they came to this country, they worked really hard. And, and to them, that was important because you had to almost prove yourself, right? Like, they had to prove that they were they were making it. They were making the American dream happen. Yeah. Um, so I always went into retail stores. I didn't know anything differently. I didn't go into a thrift store until I started teaching. So when I was 21, 22, when I was teaching in a integrated pre-K classroom for a school department, that's when I started yeah. going to a thrift store because I needed to buy things to fill my classroom with books, right. toys, all these different immersive things. Yeah. I couldn't afford to buy at Lakeshore Learning. Like that wasn't right. happening. I couldn't afford yeah. to go to those teaching stores. So it's that's how I get introduced to it. The different backgrounds lead you to thrifting. You know, our backgrounds are very different, but you know, here we are. And yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy to me. It is. So did you, was there ever a point in time where you thought about clothing as your reselling venture? Or was it always home goods? I actually did children's clothing for um, hot minutes. <laughs> and I remember something that somebody told me, a very smart, smart person. I love to listen to my elders. They're, they're always right. Yeah. Well, 99% of the time. And yeah. she said, um, get really good at one thing and go, go for it. Don't, don't, do too many things and, and for some people that works if you're on ebay poshmark Mercari, you can sell whatever the heck you want um but for what i was doing on instagram it was important for me to stick to one thing and that was decorations and i did start, try the clothing and then i realized like i feel like i'm getting a super mixed audience you know the the people that are into the home decorations kind of tune out all of the other stuff and I was like this isn't good I was I was feeling very like torn because mm. I really love vintage children's clothing and I there's there's no chance in heck I'm gonna ever like see a vintage dress and not pick it up for my daughter even if it's like 10 sizes too big I'm like she'll wear it one day yeah <laughs> I, I love I have a huge passion for vintage clothing for uh, children um for myself I just you know whatever's fits me and is comfortable but <laughs> I did think about it I did do it for a minute and I quickly realized like this probably isn't gonna work so I stopped would you go back to it no never no oh my gosh I have so much respect for clothing thrifters their job as far as packing goes way easier I'm jealous of the packing because they're just like here's a shirt wrap it up Oop, it's on its way um but that's that's the only when it comes to thrifting clothes that's the only department I'm like ah you know I'm jealous but they have it so they have to be so meticulous is it meticulous or meticulous anyways you meticulous know yeah meticulous. they oh you're a teacher so you're like yeah. I, got, <laughs> well, I got you girl I, I was a teacher now I work in state government so <laughs> well once teacher always teacher right yeah that's true <laughs> So anyways, they have to very nitpick everything and make sure every fabric is right. There's no stains. They have to treat and wash and, you know, display yep. and model everything. A lot of them model it themselves. And I'm like, I just, that's so much. <laughs> like yeah, me, I'm I, like, I don't model. Pretty glass. <laughs> You'll never no. catch me modeling. It, it, first of all, I can't find clothes in my size half the time. Like <laughs> I am a midsize slash plus size girl. Like you're not going to, the things that I'm finding that I'm selling in the price range that I want, I generally don't find in my size. Yeah. Because, we're not, we're not putting it on. <laughs> no, we, and, and then people who are my size keep the thing for a really long time. They're spending a lot of money on it. So yeah. that, that's just how it works when I'm okay with that. But yes, being a clothing seller, especially in today's world is much harder than even two years ago three years oh, ago. Yeah. 
it's so oh, much yeah. harder. Yeah, because all the thrift, thrift stores are loaded with sheen and crap now. Oh and my just, god, <laughs> I was just talking knows. about this with Jen, and yeah. and because we're thinking about different podcast ideas and stuff for the end of the year, and and she had mentioned she's like, why don't we talk about what we're finding in the thrift store now? Because honestly, it's more of that fast fashion Amazon stuff than anything else. It's making it even harder for us to find yeah. those quality items. And that's I, that's really what ticks me off when when people say you know it's resellers' faults. I'm like, no. Because the big conglomerates are the ones donating all these leftover clothes and clothes they don't want to the thrift stores. And they're filling up the thrift stores with garbage and fast fashion. Like This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. It's not our fault. Like, blame Walmart. Like, blame, you know, Value Village. Like, don't blame me. I know. It's so true. And and I think you bring up a good point about, like, the difference between clothing and home decor. And I think there's a place where, like, people who sell clothing want to bring in home decor. And I've tried to do it, too. But it becomes a little overwhelming because it's a whole different thing that I have to learn. Yeah. And there's a lot to it. And as much as Mm -hmm. I appreciate it and love it and would like to do it, I find myself like, I think I'd like it more as a hobby. Like I find one thing that's really cool and I list it. Right. And then vice versa, people that do home decor, we have people say this exact same thing. They envy the clothing sellers, but they have no interest in ever going into the racks. No, it's a, it's stiff competition. I go to, and it's stiff competition for home decor as well. But these, these younger, like, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds, they're there, they're hitting those shelves and those racks and they are there every day and they are there early and they do not stop. They don't have kids. They have nothing to tie them down. They're there. And, and I'm just like blown away by their work ethic and people don't realize how much work clothing resellers mm-hmm. put into the job. And it's, you know, I just have mad respect for clothing resellers. It's just not, I can't do it. I've, it's, I found where I need to be and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) It's not good. It's a business decision. You know, it's it's good for business for me to stick to one thing and, and just drive, drive it home. I think that's so important to understand that about yourself and where you want your business to be, because listen, we'd all love, we'd all love to be everything sellers at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to realize what's going to work for you. What fits your lifestyle? What do you actually enjoy doing? And like, who's your audience? And you figure that out pretty quickly. Like, okay, my audience is this home decor and I'm losing them by doing this other thing. So like, I need to bring it back. I want to circle back. You said you started on Instagram. Have you ever sold on eBay, Poshmark, any of the other ones? I actually had a business prior to, so this isn't my first entrepreneurial adventure. Yeah, I had a um, party decorations business where I made, um, paper party decorations like banners and uh, photo booth props I I handmade them and I had an Etsy shop and it was very successful um, and I loved Etsy and I loved what I did and um, I got pregnant with my son and uh, ended up moving states and somewhere along the way I just kind of I think it was when we were unpacking things I never really unpacked that stuff and then when I finally did unpack it I was like uh, like I I really just <laughs> I know I like I think I still have an Etsy shop it's just like on vacation mode (laughs) forever on vacation mode (laughs) yeah I was just like just in case I want to go back but I think I need to like I keep forgetting to just like because it's like 15 cents a month or something (laughs) yeah but yes I I had an Etsy shop nothing to do with thrifting it was it was handmade party decorations and I really liked it but I I think I found where I'm supposed to be (laughs) would you consider Etsy for home decor no oh interesting why um for me it's a couple of things thing number one is I've I'm happy where I'm at on whatnot and Instagram and I don't want to add another platform to my pile yeah Um, I'm a mom of two toddlers so it's like on top of everything I just can't it's just too much to have a whole nother profile a platform to be selling on um so I'm trying for my sanity really and then the other thing is because I believe their shipping rates are one of the highest 
um, it's not the highest, but I know that they're a lot higher than whatnot. And, you know, Instagram, there's no fee to <laughs> sell. Mm -hmm. It all goes right to you. There's taxes and the transaction fees and shipping costs, but um, hundred percent of the actual profit goes to me. So um, I'm super happy on Instagram and whatnot. Whatnot has the lowest of the platforms that I'm aware of, unless something has changed recently. Um, and uh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> so uh, there's so much I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the platforms, but I want to, but I want to go back to the the home decor because we have a lot of listeners that love learning about vintage and home decor. So when we say home decor and vintage, like what is it that you're particularly looking for? And then how did you dive into it and start learning the history of all these different pieces and like finding those things that sell? Um, so as far as what I, what I purchased to sell, um, sometimes it's what's trending. So Fairy lamps is a great example. Fairy lamps really kind of exploded in the vintage world. And it was a mad dash to grab every fairy lamp you could find. And I did. I tried to find them all. And I still find them. I'm still looking for them um, actively every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was that a fairy lamp? Oh, no. <laughs> I find a lot of tops and bottoms. Anyway, so um, a part of it's like trending things, things that I, you know, people want, of course, supply and demand. I want to make sure I'm finding what people want. Um, and then the other half is probably just items that I know are, are vintage, high quality, um, are collectible, are, you know, sought after in the vintage world. And uh, being on whatnot really helps because, you know, on Instagram, you're only seeing, you know, right. It's almost tunnel vision of what's popular or what people want uh, on whatnot. It's an entire different community. And there's so many more collectors there that you can chat with every single day, all day long. And I've learned so much about just different kinds of things that you can purchase and collect on whatnot. So, um, you know, finding out what people want, what people are looking for, finding items that I deem high value that I know sell for um, a decent amount uh, that are high quality and vintage and then the trends. So those are things that I try and find. And then you asked, how did you start diving into like learning the research and understanding the brands? Yeah. Okay. So because home decor is scary. Let, let's just put it out there. It's scary. <laughs> It can be intimidating because there's a lot and um, it, it, it's an ever ending process of me learning. I never, ever stop learning. And I really crave that knowledge because when I go to a store, if I see something and just walk by and then two days later, I learn something about that thing that I walked by and I, and I walked by a really amazing piece. I'm so mad at myself yeah. for not knowing more about it. So I collect a lot of books, vintage books and things like that. And I read up on everything that I can. I just soak it all in. And a lot of the times the information just goes whoop and just in and out. But I really do try. Um, that way, when I do see that piece in the future, I know to grab it. But going back to your question, I have always really strived to like learn more. When I, when I find a, something I'm passionate about, I dive in and, I, and I'm all in and I find out as much as I can about it. And that way I can kind of teach other people about it too. And I'm not a teacher by any means, but I do love to share knowledge about pieces that I think are important in the vintage community and the, and the you know, antiques and collectibles. Um, that way that younger generation does get to see that and does get to also fall in love with it. So that's another reason why I wanted to share knowledge about vintage is that people can learn and go, oh my gosh, I love that. I, I, I want that. I want to learn more about it. Um, I just posted right before you and I got on, um, a learn about I have a learn about series and um, it's about majolica, which is um, an earthenware. It's a pottery that's been made since the 13th century. And I don't, in my opinion, not enough people know uh, enough about it and are collecting it, but it's, it's, oh, oh gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> I am very passionate about majolica and I collect a little myself. So a part of me wanting to learn more is wanting to share and get yeah. other people like hooked on it as well. Um, but, but mostly I think it's just a, a character trait. I enjoy learning and I enjoy sharing what I've learned. And if I can learn something that's not in a book or online, that's my favorite thing to share. Yeah. <laughs> so like I went to a really, really old thrift shop that the, the lady that runs, it's like a hundred years old and she's the sweetest <laughs> thing ever. And 
it's my favorite thrift store. And she always, every single time I go in there, she teaches me something. I'm like, I feel like I should be teaching you something at this point, but I'm just not like yeah, right. for her. <laughs> and one time she told me about this trick where you can identify vintage milk glass. Cause there's a lot of modern milk glass floating around that people are swooping up and thinking, Oh, this is vintage because it's milk glass, but like, it's not, it's made in yeah. like 2010. Like, um, but she showed me this like ring of fire trick where you hold it up into the light and you see this red rim. And I was like, I need to learn more about that. Why is it red? You know, what, what makes it red? How long did they do this for? How can I identify it in other ways? And that's kind of how I spiral into that knowledge mm. factor. I just need to know as much as I can. <laughs> but, and it's to your benefit. And it also sure. makes you stand out in a community that really is growing a lot. Yes. Um, you know, the clothing community will be the clothing community and it will continue to grow. And because and clothing we have so much of, right? And there's always new brands and there's always yeah. these new things that come out and new trends. It, and we have to wear it on a daily basis. We're wearing clothing like that's just so, yeah. so it's forever changing. It's a good market. <laughs> it is. But in home decor, because it's become so popular in especially in the in the collecting world, I feel like a lot of I'll even branch us millennials in there have started to realize how amazing some of those pieces were that we saw back when we were at our grandmother's house and things that we were like, this is never disgusting. Why do you twice. have this? Yeah. Yeah. Right? We never like, looked at that stuff twice ever. Exactly. But like that people want it. Like those are things that, that people are looking for. There's we've had episodes on Tupperware and how people collect Tupperware. And to me, I'm like, Tupperware. No, yeah. I don't want Tupperware. <laughs> Pyrex, a whole nother community just on Pyrex. But there's oh, yeah. other elements of home decor that exist. And I think if you can become an expert on that, like people are going to flock to you because this girl knows her stuff. She's selling it to me and I trust her because she actually understands it, which when we talk about whatnot, I'm sure we can go into. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's something about having the knowledge that helps the customer trust you more. And I think yeah. it's so important. Yeah. And there's, there's accounts that strictly sell glass. There's accounts yeah. that really um, just mainly sell Pyrex. And those are the people that I look to. So I, I agree with you because I trust them. You know, there's a few accounts that I, can think right off the top of my head that I'm like, if I had a question about Pyrex, boom, I'm calling them. And if I had a question about Viking glass, boom, I'm calling them. It's the expertise. And, you know, I, I don't have, I, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert in any subject, but I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable in most, you know, vintage items. And if it's something I don't know about, you bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to find out as much as I freaking can about it. And <laughs> I'm going to ask everybody about it, but you know, and that's not just things online. I like to I have a couple of people that are um, ant antiquarians, I believe is as how it's pronounced. And um, I'll, I'll contact them and be like, tell me everything you know about this. And they're, they blow my mind. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of chapters here in Chattanooga that I've thought about joining. I probably should. I just remembered that I should probably look into that more and you can like be an actual expert. It's, it's pretty amazing. That's amazing. I know. See, reselling can bring you in so different, so many different places that you don't even realize you can go to. A hundred percent. You generally, or what I've seen is you focus on mid-century modern. That seems to be like what you enjoy the most. It is. I, I really do love MCM. It's, um, and it's, I think it's because it's not just one thing, you know, it's so many things. It's yeah. what it's glass it's cruels it's kitsch it's it, you can really fit a lot into that 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 middle of that century so um I think that's what I but truth truth be told um the 1950s is my favorite hands down and if I had to pick one it's just it's so hard to find anything from the 1950s it's not as easy to find 1950s items as it is like you know, 1960s to 1980s. So why do you think that is? Because it's older and less, yeah. less, less, um, what's the word? It's not sprinkled around and, you know, it, there wasn't as much made or it's yeah. probably broken or it got thrown away, you know, where, whereas, you know, 1960s to 1980s, I think, um, it's still around. Like your grandparents probably still have it, you know, yeah. where, the, you know, anyways, the, the older stuff, you know, it's just, it's much harder to find, but, and that's why it's more rare and more valuable. So. And your sourcing, like you said, is mostly consignment, but uh, not consignment, sorry, estate sale, but you also yeah. 
um, do thrift. Have you ever done any of those online estate auction type things to acquire inventory? Heck no. Absolutely not. (laughs) I have participated and quickly realized like, no, like the auctions just go on forever. They're way overpriced. Like there's just no win for me when if it's a piece that I personally want and that I'm willing to, cause I'm always willing to pay more for an item for myself. Right. I, I would, but um, I prefer live auctions and person auctions. And I do go to one every, every month I go to one, I could go to two a month, but I'm like, girl, calm down. <laughs> I go to one a month and then I do the estate sales and then I do yard sales, garage sales when it's season, which it is. <laughs> yes, and it then, is. <laughs> and then I do the thrift stores. So is um, there but, one that you like over the other? Lately, it's going to be yard sales because thrift stores are out of their minds Mm -hmm. and prices have been so, so steep and it's become towards where I'm not going to be able to do my job and make money to be able, you know, to, to resell it for a profit. Cause I have a certain rule that I follow to try and profit money. And if I realize I'm not going to be able to do that, I just put it down and it's been more often than not that something is too expensive for me when I go to the thrift store, when I go to yard sales, everything's like a dollar. Um, there are some yard sales where people like, no, you know, uh, I've got Pyrex and I know it and I'm going to sell it for $50 for this tiny little thing. I'm like, you're worse than the, than the Goodwill. <laughs> like, uh, and, um, that, that's not very often where I'm from. Cause I'm, you know, it, it's a, a smaller town where I live. So, and I can branch out to the very rural, that's a really hard word for me. Rural. Rural. Yes. Rural it's a weird word. It is. It's a ter- Why would you do that to us? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I go to the rural <laughs> areas and go to the yard sales there and always have great luck. So yard sales right now. Yeah. It's um, I'm glad that you bring up the thrift store pricing situation. So I'm in new England. Everything's always expensive here, mm-hmm. but um, it's interesting to hear other guests that come on, including yourself, that we all live in different areas and we're all experiencing the same thing, whether we're selling yeah. shoes, whether we're selling home goods, whether we're selling clothing, it really doesn't matter what you're selling. The prices have gone up, period. And that's just yeah. the way that it is right now. And do I think it will come down eventually? Maybe. I think there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen for prices to come down, right? Like it's not just yeah. thrift stores lowering prices. It's their overhead is more expensive. They're... Yeah. They have to pay their employees more money. Like there's just so many factors. Expensive right now. Yes, yes. Everything is so expensive right now, and until those things start to come back down to normal, because nothing is normal right now. Everything is just astronomical. um, You're going to see the rising prices, and you bring up a good point that that thing that you might buy, that you might have always bought, that brings you that money you're not going to buy anymore because it's not worth it. They want way too much. And your margin is so little that it's not worth your time to even bother to sell it. And it's sad. It is sad. I mean, there's, there's always going to be somebody that will buy it. You know, I've gone to thrift stores and say, you know, nobody's going to buy that. It's too expensive. The next day I go back, it's gone. Somebody bought it. And, you know, I think the people that are buying it are, are not resellers. They're not, you know, they're the ones who actually want it for their home to decorate. And as I said, I will always pay more for an item that I want. So I totally get that. Um, but it's becoming harder for us to do our job for sure. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how the rest of the year plays out because I think we're feeling, uh, those of us who are on traditional platforms like eBay, Poshmark, Macari, mm-hmm. are feeling the hurt on there as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, they raised prices, didn't they? Yeah. And, you know, fees always go up on those platforms. Now, yeah. um, you know, there's promoted listings on eBay. I believe there's a way to promote on Macari. I don't sell on Macari, but I believe there's a way to promote on there. Poshmark's and becoming a promoted listing. So it's like yeah. things are always increasing on that end, but yeah. the customers are not necessarily coming in like they were before. And yeah, they're not, I want to pay more, you know? <laughs> right. So, and and they know that they can go to the thrift store now because we had the pandemic that happened and all the social media content that went out. So like, there's yeah. a lot happening. And then to be fair, some of the retail stores are cheaper than the thrift stores and cheaper yeah, than what, things that we're selling online especially in the clothing world, I can, yeah. for example, tonight after work, I went to Burlington Coat Factory because mm-hmm. um, I like to stop in sometimes, see what shoes they have because I can pick them up to resell on occasion. All right? right. It's not, it's not, it's not a secret. A lot of resellers yeah. do this, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I go in and I'm just browsing and there weren't really any shoes I was interested in, but I found a Peloton um, hat 
mm-hmm. and I found a Beyond Yoga tank top. I paid $10 for both. Brand new oh, yeah. with the tag. I would never be able to, like, that's a, that, to me, that's thrift store price. And I'm paying that at a retail store. So there's yeah. a lot of that happening. People have to be smart with their money. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Which is why it's making it harder for clothing sellers to see the profits that they want right now. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how it's like in the home decor world when it comes to that. I feel like it's a little different. People want to decorate. People want new things. Yeah. I I, I think um, people that sell antiques and collectibles, you know, they know this is this is valuable and I'm not going to lower my price. They're not budging. You know, you go to the antique stores and I mean, there are some, there's, there's some where it it always baffles me because I go to these antique stores and I see this, we're just going to say this pin for $300, that same exact pin, somebody selling on whatnot for $5. It blows my mind. I'm like, and this is a rabbit hole, but I really feel like antique stores are just not on current trends right and also not um what's the word um on social media they're not seeing what's selling what it's selling for they're just saying this is something that i know is valuable 10 years ago so it's still gonna have the same price and i'm like i'm i'm not gonna buy it here i'm gonna go buy it or whatnot you know what i mean (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just and it's um it's cool because i'm still buying from a small business but and again this is a rabbit hole i really wish the antique stores would get a little bit more and with the uh, the trends and what's not not just trends, but just knowing what the value of an item actually is and um, lowering their price because and the potential that's right sitting there collecting dust <laughs> right and the potential of doing something online, which I think scares a lot of those brick and mortar stores because it's so yeah. untraditional from what they're what they're used to and right. what they've been known to do, mm-hmm. but. For example, last night, my husband and I started watching King Collectibles on um, Netflix, which is a, it's called Glo- Global, Globin. I don't remember the name of the guy. Anyway, it's a brand new show on Netflix. It's like six episodes and they are an auction house. And okay. it is fascinating to yeah, watch cool. the process. <laughs> you need to watch it. It's six I'm episodes. I'm going to now. Fast. I've never heard of it. It I'm just like, came out. Oh, I think it just came out this week or, or last week. King oh, Collect or the King Collectibles, something like that. But okay. they sell everything. So they have, yeah. I mean, Beanie Babies, sports memorabilia, everything. This guy has an King empire. I mean, we're, we're talking billions, billions and billions yeah. of dollars. He's got a whole warehouse, right? But it's so fascinating to see how they have adapted to yeah. social media and doing the live auctions and selling yeah. online and, and all of that. You and- have to. Right. So I want to start talking about that. So you started selling on Instagram and when you saw, and you still sell on Instagram, when you did that, were you originally just putting up posts of items? Like they were originally, I saw many people doing it, but they would post the item and it was like a bid in the comments. And then they kind of went like that. Is that what you were doing? Yes. I also had a, um, I rented a booth in an antique store. So whatever, you know, I would do that's called a static post. There's no movement. It's just a regular picture. So I would do static post drops. And, um, you know, I remember the first time I sold out, I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) And it wasn't like too far into my, um, my, the beginning. Um, I just, I, I remember selling out and thinking like, this is addictive. Like I, I just yeah. made a hundred dollar. I was so excited. I made a hundred dollars for diapers. Like I, I was like, honey, I made a hundred dollars. She's like, how much did you spend? I'm like, I like seven. <laughs> it was awesome. And, um, whatever I wasn't able to sell on the static post, I would throw in my booth. Um, so do that, you know, and then I started getting into lives. Um, I think the sp- that spring and I started collaborating with other, thrifters doing live sales and I haven't done a static post sale gosh it's been a long time maybe last fall um it's just more I like doing live sales a lot better (laughs) it's it's um 
it's in my wheelhouse because I have no problem being on the camera. I have no problem talking to people. I'm not camera shy and not even one little bit. So it kind of played to my advantage to, to do live sales. And I also like the bidding system much better than here's the price quick claim because it gives, and this, a lot of people are like, no, it's just cause you're greedy. It really gives other people a chance to get in on whatever it is that they want. They can set their own price limit. And that's, what's important for people to understand. I put the price down here. You can go as high as you want, or you can go as low as you want. You don't have to bid on right. it if you don't want to. Like, it's much better to me because I have purchased from live sales. I've purchased from quick claims and static posts. I much prefer to buy live because I can set my own price. And if it's something I really want, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to bid until I get it. And um, that's another thing I love about whatnot. They do both. They do, you know, claims or bids. It's whatever you want. You can buy it now or you can bid at it, bid it out with somebody else. So, yeah. What, what does your schedule look like? I guess in terms, cause you're live selling, that is what you do. You are a live seller. So how, yeah. how do you plan that out? Cause you're a mom, you're a wife, you have a family outside of, you know, all of this. So how have you been able to schedule it? Do you put a time limit on your shows? These are all questions. I know people that are listening are thinking yeah. of because they come up all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, typically sell. So I've mostly just been selling on whatnot. I do live sales. I'm going to really vamp it up in the summer for Instagram with collaborations um, because I really like doing that. I have more mm -hmm. time in the summer because um, I'm not chauffeuring kids back and forth um, as much. <laughs> um, so I mostly sell on Thursday nights on whatnot. Um, if I do a live sale on Instagram, it's probably a couple times a month and that's going to be on a Monday so that I can have a buffer for shipping. Um, and I'm not just like having two sales back to back and having to ship, you know, you know, 20, 30 plus pieces of glass, which takes a very long time. Yeah. Um, so I try to schedule my sales when my kids are sleeping and that's, they go to bed around eight. So I schedule the sale for nine and 9 PM is just a good time in general because it hits the six o'clock mark on the West coast as well. And, um, I try, I try to schedule it for when they're sleeping and when I have help when my husband's home, um, that way, if somebody wakes up and is like, mommy, I'm like, go get your dad. So, <laughs> uh, so I factor that into my schedule. And, um, I, I like I said, I, I mostly am on whatnot right now because, um, I, I I'm not really allowed to discuss the contract too much because I had signed an NDA, but I do have a contract with whatnot to sell and, I, I'm, you know, required to do certain amount of sales and things like that. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, how much time do I want to put into each platform? How many sales do I want to do a week? How much time do I have to pack and ship orders? I try and factor that into my schedule. And right now, just the way it is with my son and his baseball schedule, and he's only five, but it's like, you would think they're in the MLB. Um, they, they do tournaments like every week and like practice every other night like a game two times it's crazy wow. so lately I've just been mostly selling on whatnot and um I will like once once um baseball's over I'm probably going to no I definitely am actually I already have oh, most of my summer scheduled out with other sellers that I've been reaching out to to do um live sale collaborations so I'll be doing in the summer I'll most likely be doing um two sales a week one on IG and one on whatnot that's wonderful and that's so great that you have a while. That it is, but that's so great that you have a contract with whatnot too. I know there's other sales out there that have it as well. And I think that's yeah. wonderful. They notice, they, they recognize, say your capabilities and the audience that you're reaching and everything. And that's, yeah, it feels great to be seen. I, I agree. It's very yeah. nice. Of course. How <laughs> it's long... wonderful for my family too. Cause you know, I get, I feel, um, secure. I have, I have, yeah. a, I have security. Yeah, of course. How long do your lives typically go for? Girl, 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't play around. I don't do those long. I was going to say, because I, and this is my next question, right? So you have a cutoff time where, okay, it's 45 minutes. I'm out. Like I'm not doing anything else. One and, hour. Max. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's smart because you have to factor in not only your cost of goods, but your time that you're putting into it, plus your shipping time. And shipping. I think this is something that um, doesn't get talked about enough in the community when it mm -hmm. comes down to the bottom line of how much you're actually making. Yeah. I understand people really enjoying the aspect of life selling. I understand that people really love being in front of the camera, but at some point doing a six hour show has got to stop. 
Like, and, and I, like, I understand what people, but I really love it. I love it, talking to the community and I totally get that. And I, and I love that for them, but in terms of business, at some point it doesn't make as much sense because you're actually not making any money at that point. You've now spent so much of your time. I would say, <clears throat> I agree. Mostly there are some sellers out there that can do, um, for instance, and this is something that I, it's shakers. I collect a plastic vintage shakers. Okay. There's a whole world of shaker collectors and they're very serious and they'll be on there for hours on hours with their giant shaker collections selling them. And I will say, if I was just selling shakers, I would probably go for a little longer because I could do more shipping because it's little tiny things. It's yeah. a quick app. It's a quick ship. It's a small box. Boom, boom, you're done. And a lot of a lot of people, like when I say a lot of people, I mean, my husband, he'll go, oh, you know, I'll tell him how much I made that night. And he'll say, well, not bad for, you know, 45 minutes of work. And I'm like, I, I have to like clean these, wrap them, pack them. Mm -hmm. ship. It's not just 45 minutes of work. And I have to photograph them beforehand, you know, get, get all the prep content. The show. Right. For the show prep, the show. Exactly. Um, and then sourcing the items too. It's, it's a whole thing. And um, you're, you're right. I mean, people don't realize there's so much more to it. And, oh, I just worked for 45 minutes. I'm dumb. Like, yeah. I wish it's that easy. But yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, kudos to the people that can do it longer. There's people on, on whatnot that sell glass piece after glass piece for hours, hours, girl. And I'm like, I'm exhausted after 45 minutes. I just can't. Also, like some of these people don't have two toddlers they're chasing after. So right. <laughs> that's probably also part of it. But if I'm shipping little things, it's a lot easier to go for a little bit longer, but I don't, I mostly ship things that are, require one of the biggest priority boxes you can find. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, this is going to take me, you know, 10 minutes in itself to wrap and ship. So I'm, you know, I, I got to cut it off at some point. And also the viewer gets so bored. Like they're just, it's kind of like, you can just hear their eyes glazing over. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you I am watch uh, somebody for so long. <laughs> well, and I think you bring up a good point because I am not someone who enjoys live sales. Like I don't enjoy watching them. I, mm -hmm. first of all, I am a type a Capricorn first generation Italian who is always on her feet and doesn't like to sit down and like watch something for a long time. I can barely watch a movie. Like I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I have I to be doing something. <laughs> I heard that. This. I heard it. So I don't like to sit in a live sale i will scroll through one to see if there's yeah. anything that they have prepped so this isn't another pet peeve of mine if you don't prep your shows i'm not watching you because i need to know what's in there so that i can kind of scroll through and see okay let me see when this one comes up right go ahead go ahead people shop with their eyes you yes. guys you're listening to this yes. prep post get a sneak peek out there people shop with their eyes and that's a huge thing for me on whatnot and i'm always telling anybody that wants any advice on whatnot, load your shows, load your sales before the sale. Let people scroll through and see what's for sale. When they join the sale, let them scroll through and see what's for sale. Don't make them wait until you go here because I'm out. I've been out. I'm not even watching anymore. Yeah, I'm not even watching you at this point. Bye. No. <laughs> that's, and that's a lot of people and whatnot to um, shop the shelves. They'll do a scan. So that's cool. I like that because I can see everything. I know what's out there. I can add, request an item. They'll load it in. They'll sell it to me real quick. I like shop the shelves. That's fine. As long as you can see the items that are, are available, you're good. But if you can't see it, like, again, people shop with their eyes. It's business. Like it It's is. a good business. <laughs> it is. And and I think that's probably one of my biggest turnoffs is that I can't, I either have to wait because they're either going to go in the order that it's listed yeah. and that's it. I'm not waiting. Number one. Mm -hmm. And yeah. number two, if you don't have it, I'm, I'm, I'm out. That's no, it. Yeah. Yeah. I and also think some people just, I feel mean when I say this, but this is just how I, how I view it. Some people just are uncomfortable in front of the camera and that's fine. We're not all meant to be in front of the camera. We're not all meant to sure. talk in public, right? That's, we all have different personalities, but I think there are ways to be creative about it. And I've seen people be creative about it where they're not really on screen and you're just seeing the item and you can just see their arm. Like there's other ways of doing it to captivate the audience. There's something that you have to do to captivate an audience. And I think if you don't show that confidence in whatever way it is for you. It's hard for someone to have that attention span and maintain it the entire time, especially if you're doing a long show. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. And even 
when you're training for whatnot, they tell you, this is your show. It's a show. It's a sale, yes, but this is your show. You need to captivate your audience in some way. And some people just don't have the gift of gab and- <laughs> No problem here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their, their views plateau. They will plateau at some point. And um, I remember when I first started selling on whatnot, nobody showed their face. Nobody. I mean, maybe- there was one or two people that I would notice showing their face. That's how I started on what not showing my face. Cause I was just used to it from Instagram. I didn't know any different. So I would sell things right here. Here's my face. And I had all my stuff in the background too. So that people could see what's in the background. And I had everything loaded in the store and everybody was like, Oh my gosh, I love how you do your shows. I like your setup. I can't believe you're showing your face. And so many people are like starting their shows and they'd say, all right, third at Hong Kong, I'm showing my face like you. And, and it was just like, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think <laughs> And this might be tooting my own horn a little bit, but I, I think I had a major play in that people on whatnot are now really almost everybody's showing their face. And, and it's a big deal because a lot of people don't want to show their face. And that's why they signed up for whatnot because they're, they don't have to, they can point that camera down at the items mm -hmm. and they never have to let people see them. And um, it's, I feel like I kind of challenged that for a lot of people and encouraged a lot of people to show their face and show them like, this is a different way to do this. <laughs> yeah. And since these people are showing their faces, their sales have gone up, their following count has gone up on whatnot. And um, it's kind of like a whole new world on whatnot. And I love it. I'm, I'm so excited to see people's faces. I'm like, I know what you look like now. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely evolved over the last year, 100%. Um, if someone's listening and they want to get in the live sale game and doesn't matter what category they sell in, what's like two things that you would tell them that they should do in order to see success or want to keep going to see that success? So first thing would be to get comfortable in front of the camera. And there's a really cool trend going on in our community right now. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the sweetest person ever, the forgotten thrifter sister, the forgotten sister thrifter. I always mix the two up. She, Anyways, she started a 90 seconds of vintage hashtag where you get on and for 90 seconds, you just say like, hi, I'm Heather. This is my shop name. I'm selling this item, this item, this item. These are the prices. If you'd like to claim them, message me below. And I'm telling you what, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I see all these people that I've never seen before. Their faces are on my Instagram screen. Like mm. I didn't know what they look like. And because of this hashtag that this girl created, all of these people and it has been really moving and i just i met, i remember messaging her and just being like i'm so proud of you like you did something that really made a difference in our community and i, I get goosebumps thinking about it i'm just so very proud and um uh i think that's a great way to start is to get to get comfortable with the camera because if you're not what we just talked about is going to happen it's going to show people are going to realize it and they're going to be like this is lame slide. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we, we like attention. We like things yeah. to captivate us. That's just how it is. <laughs> it's yeah, how it is. Um, so get comfortable on camera, start with those 90 seconds of vintage footage. And um, once you do that, start connecting with people that um, kind of have the same vibe as you, that mm. you can bounce off of, that you're comfortable with. Um, maybe somebody that has experience in live sales um, connect to them and just tell them, you know, what's going on. I'm interested in live sales. Do you think we could do a collaboration um, and schedule your show and get it ready and watch some other shows, just kind of see how it goes down because there's some things you need to know, like, you know, how to do bid ending and things like that. Um, it's important to have a moderator to me. Um, it's important to have a moderator because I get a lot of trolley trolls on my <laughs> live signals. I think everyone does. <laughs> so I have moderators every time. So they can give them the boot. Um, also they help answer questions if the comments are moving quickly. I, you know, I can't sit there and stare at the comments the whole time. So they help answer questions. So, um, just, just make friends and, you know, network with people, try and get a, get a sale scheduled. And once you get that first sale going, um, you're, you're gonna love it. <laughs> and then you'll want to do more and then get comfortable doing sales on your own. So, um, some people start on their own. They don't start with a friend, but I like, I would recommend starting with somebody that maybe mm -hmm. has done a before um that can you know help if you're kind of like I'm not really sure how to handle this situation or whatever um I think it's just smart to to phone a friend to have a buddy buddy system for your first live sale I have not done a live sale yet dreaming of a better sleep tossing and turning is not your destiny and Ollie is here to help Ollie invites you to sink into sweet sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. 
more than just melatonin. Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I'm on the. Um... Yes, I will do a live deal with you. Guys. Oh, stop it. <laughs> This friendship that's blooming, guys, you have no idea. It's happening. Um, It's not that I don't want to do one. I think when it comes to the clothing market, I struggle with it a little bit because of my price point, of how much I'm paying up for items, because I see how other clothing shows are going and how low they're starting the item. Like there's, I know it's possible to sell higher priced items on there. It's yeah very difficult because most people want to bundle a bunch of stuff that's under $15 right and they're getting a good deal on it well I can't do that with the way that I source so I struggle with that concept right then I struggle that too (laughs) it's very hard um but I do realize and see the potential and where live selling is going Uh, it's not going anywhere. It's going to continue to grow, but (laughs) traditional selling will always be there as well. So the way that I have been thinking about it over the last couple of weeks has been when I feel ready, when life is not so crazy, because right now life is very crazy with things that I have going on in my life, personally work, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think I could see myself doing one live sale where like a month where it's Mm -hmm. a drop of certain items that I've been collecting over the month. Yeah, that will reach all th- multiple thresholds for people. It can be a lower priced item, then we'll have the mid tier item, and then you'd have a higher priced item of some sort. That way, you can have a mix of people coming into your show and see how that goes. The thing is, I don't know how I feel about spending an extra forty five minutes or an hour of my time on resale. Yeah, yeah, you have to factor that in. You know, is it is it uh, hold on, I gotta text my my dog will not stop barking and it's distracting. <laughs> it's fine. I don't <laughs> no worries. Anyways. So yeah, the 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 time thing is hard for me because yeah, I work a full-time I, job. And, right. And oh and that's yeah. I, I honestly I'd probably be in the same place you are. I wouldn't do it. Cause if you if you're doing well dropping items like you are right now, unless you really feel that need to like expand and grow it's just not worth your time if it's not going to provide you any additional benefits. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get it. I'd probably be in the same boat. The other thing that people bring up is, is live sell selling hurting the traditional seller? My answer to that is no. I was um, like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And my answer to that is no, because buyers are going to go anywhere to find yeah. what it is they want. And more yeah. More likely than not, they're going to go to the traditional way of searching for items first and then supplement it with the live sale. And then you'll have some people that will only want live sales and you'll have some people that only want to search those items the traditional way on Google. So if anything, I think they can coexist and benefit each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But but there is this, this conspiracy, I guess you can say that live selling is hurting the traditional seller. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's BS. (laughs) I don't really, uh, that makes absolutely no sense to me. And I really can't see any logic behind it, to be totally honest. I agree with what you said. You know, if somebody wants to buy something, they're going to find it and they're going to find it the traditional way or find it through live sales, find it through Google, Etsy. They're going to go on whatnot and search in the search bar. They're going to find what they want. And, um, I, I just really don't see how that could damage you know, regular posting, static posting on Instagram. I do. I remember when I first started selling on Instagram, a lot, not a lot of people, there was really only like one person that was very vocal about people not going over to whatnot and, and keeping Instagram sales on Instagram and not, not having Instagram sellers move over to whatnot. And, um, I just kept thinking like, that's so selfish. Like, why would you, I just don't understand the logic behind it because you know, as a community, you know, we're all just trying to make money for our families. And um, when it comes down to it, you know, this business for me is to make money for my family. And if I can do that on this platform, I'm going to, you better, you better bet I am. And if I'm bringing customers over to that platform, 
you know, it's, it's not my fault if you don't have the items that they want. It's not my fault if you're not entertaining. You know, it's not my fault if, if, if they're ready to try something different. That's their decision. It's not mine. I'm just doing the best that I can for myself and my business and making the best decisions that I can. And if I moved over to that platform, if I moved over to just doing live sales, you know, that it really shouldn't conflict with what your schedule is and where you're posting and how you're posting. I just don't see the logic behind it. I think live selling was such a big change. It caused this division in the community on all fronts. And it's weird to me that it did. It was almost like, we're better than you. No, we're better than you. It's very high school. Um, oh my gosh. I never, so scary, I guess, I guess I it's, like- excited when I saw people doing live sales. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But there's a whole side of people that, that don't, that don't think that, you know, and it's just interesting to see the divide in it all. And, um, those who adapt to it and those who realize like, Hey, yeah, I could adapt to it, but mm, it's just not for me. Uh, right. and then there are people that are just say what they want to say about and it. And that's okay. Like if it's <laughs> right. not for you, it's not for you, but it ain't hurting you that I'm yeah. for me though. <laughs> like we can exist, like yes. coexist that it doesn't have to be you know, a direct conflict, like, yep. it's about the customer and what they're going to do. Where, where are they going to go? You know, it's, they're, they're not picking sides. They're yeah. just trying to, <laughs> they just want the item. They don't care where yeah, they get like, it. They just like have the fairy lamp, please. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, I do want you to take this time to kind of share anything that you may be working on or things yeah. that people should know about. So I'm going to put Heather's information in the show notes. So you guys can click over there, follow her on Instagram, follow her on whatnot and all of that. But I do know that you offer some things on this little mini website that you have. Some things, yes. Um, so there's like two things. There's a lot of things, but there's two things that I'm actually super excited about. Um, one of them is a vintage kitchen mystery box show I'm having on whatnot. And it's going to be so fun. Um, I watch these mystery box shows on whatnot and it's like Christmas. Um, <laughs> and I've really been wanting to get on, get in on one. So basically it's just a, a bunch of boxes and they'll have like number, there'll be numbered one through whatever, 20. And each person, the bid starts off at a certain price. And then the people who want to try and see what's in the mystery box will bid on the item and it'll go up to what, you know, whatever they want. And <laughs> After the bidding is over, whoever wins picks a number. I grab that box and I open it in front of everybody live on the show. And um, it's going to have awesome stuff. It's going to have like Pyrex, like sets, sets of Pyrex, not just like one little ringy dink piece missing its lid. You're going to get a full set of Pyrex. There's going to be federal glass. There's going to be drinking glass, beautiful vintage glass that you can decorate with. Um, There's going to be kitchen themed items, baking items. There's going to be cool utensils, vintage utensils and things like that. Tupperware, all that fun stuff. Um, And vintage kitchen is, is my, one of my absolute favorite um, areas of the vintage world to dive into and to sell mm-hmm. and to collect myself. I do a lot of collecting for vintage items. I, I have my own collection of Pyrex. It's it's one of my favorite things. So I'm very excited about that. And that's on whatnot. If you use the link in my profile bio, it takes you to something called a stand store, which is basically a link tree. Um, but it's a little bit more evolved than link tree. It's um, it's kind of like Linktree on steroids. Um, and I don't know how more people don't know about it. I'm a huge advocate for Sandstore. So you can go there and just scroll and see all the stuff that's available. You can download some free cool goodies that I am offering, like um, uh, top brands to look for at thrift stores for, as far as home decorations go. Um, there's like free screensavers. You can sign up for my email list and you can also click on the whatnot link and it takes you to my whatnot where you can sign up. You get $15 free credit to shop towards your first purchase using that link. So that's 15 free bucks that you can just like buy anything you want with. Um, so go to that link. Cause that's where you'll be able to sign up for whatnot. And then you can save all my shows once you sign up and um, you just search my name and the whatnot app and you know, you'll download the app, save all the shows that way you get notifications. And the other thing that I'm um, even more excited about is something that I've been working on since the beginning of the year. And it's a, um, it's a reseller's guide, a, a beginning guide for resellers, you know, how to get started in our world and how to do it well. And um, using my experience and what I've learned um, growing from zero to, you know, uh, 86K in a year and a half, you know, how I did it and, and the items and just my process. And it's going to be an hour long video course broken down into different segments 
um, and each segment is going to have you know, a theme and then you'll be able to watch it at your leisure once you download it. Um, you will have to pay for it. I have not set the price yet. Um, but it's, I feel like it's really going to help a lot of people because on a daily basis, I get asked, you know, how do I start? You know, maybe not on a daily basis, but very often mm -hmm. I get asked, how do I start? What should I do? Do you have any tips? Um, and I'm like, I really just need to put this information into one place for everybody. So it's going to be some digital content that I'm creating that people can download and watch at their leisure and they can learn how to get into this business and do it right and start off on a good a note, a good note, a good foot, whatever the phrase is. So um, I will be releasing more information about that um, closer to summer. I will be sneak peeking it. I will be announcing it. I will be probably giving away um, a free download to somebody at some point. Um, so if you're not following me, please do that and make sure you're having your notifications on. That means just tap that little bell in the top right hand corner and you can slide over whatever notification settings you want. But if you don't want to miss it, you definitely do that because you'll get a notification whenever I post a story, a live, you know, a reel, whatever it is that you want to get a notification for. So, yeah, those are two things that I'm super pumped about. That's, That's really exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm congratulations excited. on that. I the sky's the limit with you. And that's very obvious. I mean, <laughs> I'm excited to see where your journey takes you and where live selling takes you. I think it will take you places that you probably didn't even think that you could go to. Well, gosh, I hope so. <laughs> it will. It will. And thank you so much for coming on here and chatting with me and our audience and sharing yeah. your story and, and everything that you do. Thanks. It feels like I was just chatting with a friend, hanging out. I love, I love that. That's what we want here. We want everyone to feel like they're just talking to friends. That's, that's, that's yeah. why we say we'll see you at the table. It's like you're having a cup of coffee with a friend. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. I will be back next week with Jen. So we will chat with you then. Bye. Bye.